0: Last week, we had the good fortune of having a gentleman on on the show by the name of Frank Smith. He's the director and president of um, Phantom Rescue. As I'm starting to learn, not enough people know what Phantom Rescue is about. Um, we have a problem in this country that, for whatever reason, our elected officials, the media. No one seems to be talking about, and I would say it's that epidemic proportion. It deals with sex trafficking. Children, adults, sometimes the byproduct of abductions, sometimes this process is facilitated from within the home. It is just astonishing. We have a problem with this on reservations, those lands that the government so cordially afforded the indigenous people. Apparently, indigenous women are disappearing. I don't even know what to say except how disgraceful this is that this isn't a lead conversation every day in this country because, as I've reminded everyone, the show is a lot about our children and their future, and what we've come to learn is that a lot of the victims of the sex trafficking at our border, within our cities, on an international scale, are children. You know, and um, I guess I might want to apologize for my protective nature, overly protective nature to be very candid with you, which is the byproduct of my, my career choices, you know, my path in life. Um, I think the word outrage is applicable. We're going to speak to this topic almost every single show until it starts to sink into the brain of the American public and maybe the people running the country who never speak about this and our media who never speak about this start to speak about this and we start to proactively address this problem. Perhaps not as disturbing as the actual act itself of abduction and sex trafficking is the fact that there seems to be no collaborative effort between the federal government and the leadership of the indigenous people to address this issue. There is no task force as we have for guns and drugs to address this problem. Just simply inexcusable. Um, we're going to have Frank back, and I believe there's another gentleman. And I'm relying right now on the producer of the show to provide me Tony's last name. Actually, the uh, one of the founders of this organization. If I recall correctly, these gentlemen had special forces backgrounds, and um, some egregious conduct of someone's part came to their attention dealing with this issue, and they went in and recovered uh, the individual, the the child and or adult. So I don't want to be morose about this. Um, You can tell by my tone, this is not some upbeat, want to sell you something issue. We need to be mindful of this. We all need to become part of the solution, um, way beyond part of the problem. Part of the problem would be just to try to ignore this, as we ignore many of these issues that nag us in this country every day, which is, again, the impetus to the show. You know, we're trying to look at topics or issues that seem to go unresolved, inappropriately addressed, mediated and compromised upon i don't know what to tell you guys about the condition of the country but we're in trouble we're in we're in a grave state um as a reminder a 32 billion dollar plus a year industry you know i don't quite know what to say about this um you know money's driving everything these days including our good senses so i don't want to belabor this any longer the faces associated this would haunt you. We can address this problem very easily. Matter of fact, we just have to decide one day we're going to turn that corner and do it. Um, I don't know what else to say on the topic. Rather than have me belabor this any further, I'm going to remind you we're going to bring back the gentleman from Phantom Rescue, and we're going to get into this again, and I intend on broadening the... Uh, I would say hearing apparatus for the public to start to bite into this. So, thank you for listening to this little bit of a not necessarily a rant, but this form of a monologue. So, and by the way, my name is Lou Palumbo. This is between the lines, and as I just mentioned, we have a lot of issues that are that are nagging us today. Uh, issues that need to be addressed and prudently resolved. It doesn't seem to be part of the agenda of some of those in the media and some of our elected officials. This is about our children. I had my day in the sun. People should only know how fortunate I have been personally. And please know this, I've had my share of adversity and disappointment. Those experiences build your character, they build your strength, they build your resolve. So, today we're going to delve into some questions from a couple of individuals gentleman by the name of Andrew and another gentleman by the name of Elliot. Interestingly, Elliot is currently a student at ASU, and Andrew is a former law enforcement agent currently residing in Nevada, and we're going to take a couple of emails regarding former Governor Cuomo and former journalist (laughs) Chris Cuomo, and in addition, we may even delve into uh, what role social media is playing in the country and what their responsibilities are. So we'll be right back guys. So stick with us. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show and to learn more about them go to ourbetweenthelines.tv. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user friendly and as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism We would tell you, entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good. And as I said, we use them. Instacart, another interesting concept. You can go to your favorite grocery store, sign on to their application without leaving your home, the comfort of your home. Just pick out the items you'd like. They'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to. Another great concept, very user-friendly. And I'll be honest, we use it also. It's very effective. And they're very, very good. They're very uh, on point.
1: Hello. Hey. Hello. Um, hello, Elliot. Um, first of all, I just want to say, uh, you know, I love listening to the show, and uh, you know, I I've listening to the show um, over the past few months. I've uh, really wanted to get your opinion um, on the uh, legalization of marijuana, especially because I know you were um, you worked as a cop
0: during the '80s, um, '70s, and you know, during. I started earlier than that, Elliot. I wish it was the 80s. It would make me younger today, but I want to correct you and tell you it was the 70s, buddy. But go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, the 70s and 80s. So did you work during the uh, Just Say No
1: to Drugs, um, the Nancy Reagan campaign? I, I,
0: I've been in, the, in this community for 48 years. I was not an active law enforcement agent at that time, but I was involved with... Um, projects that involved the government is what i I just want to leave it there very vague and ambiguous but that's the reagan administration with nancy reagan with the just say no
1: okay yeah so i'm i'm really curious about um you know your view on the legalization of marijuana as it is currently legalized in like 18 states if you think you know it's uh, beneficial if you think uh you know what are the positives and negatives you know do you think the taxes um and the help it's caused um like money wise I guess like the, the taxes that raise to help schools and all that um outweigh the potential cons. You know, I'm no, really let me get into
0: this <laughs> question for you because it's an interesting question and it's a very good question, Elliot, by the way, because there are a lot of uh, things that are driving this discussion and you're you're alluding to them so I wanna help clarify. First of all, um shouldn't surprise you to understand that this legalization of pot marijuana has helped bail out the state's economies. No secret. Um, interesting. It's a controlled substance. It's a Schedule I controlled substance with the federal government. It's against federal law. It's a federal crime. Uh, all the revenue generated cannot be put through our banking system because they're all FDIC regulated, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Um, my personal feelings about it. I've seen what it has done to people over generations. Friends of mine who um, developed this habit in the '60s—it um, cooks the brain a little bit. You get a little dull, to be honest. I see that in some individuals I know. My my greatest concern, to be very candid with you, is we don't need another coping mechanism. We are not positively reinforcing our people sufficiently that they don't have to run to drugs and alcohol or beat their wives. Very big discussion. Mm-hmm. Tangential to your question. Tangential to the uh, use of marijuana. I am not a proponent of it. I'm not a proponent as a rule of anything that is that what I call is state-altering. It alters your state. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I may have had a beer or two here and there along the journey, Um, and in hindsight, now I realize, um, not, not the best decision. Just, we get culturally caught up, peer pressure, you know, we do it in fun. You know, look, I, I had a life and a half. I played in studio 54. Um, I played in every place in Manhattan, in the borough of Manhattan that was worth playing in, uh, the underground limelight. Heartbreak Cafe, I get the, the list is long and distinguished. Um, what you learn as you get older, you know, you get smarter. Um, a lot of these substances that they allow us to uh, consume are not good for us. Sugar's another one, by the way. You know, I'm not going to just pick on pot today and alcohol. I'm going to tell you, sugar's bad for you. Consumption of salt leads to hypertension. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that if... We had um, the foresight to understand sugar. It would be a controlled substance itself today. Um, The thing with with pot, I realize it's a revenue generator. It's creating jobs, (laughs) interestingly enough, getting us employment. But my Mm -hmm. real concern is um, the fact that we have a country that has a problem with alcohol and a problem with drugs. And I don't think we should be doing anything to facilitate that process Um, more. Now, there is another discussion attached to marijuana, and has to do with its medicinal purposes, which is a separate discussion that needs to be spoken to scientifically. Um, I I would have to say, if you smoked a doobie, (laughs) it probably would be better than taking some of these other controlled substances like Valium. Um... Marijuana is an anti-inflammatory you know if you're if you're a cancer patient, I do know that it does make managing the side effects of chemotherapy and other treatments a bit more palatable. So I do want to say there are some upsides to it. The most important thing, Elliot, is that these substances that we're introducing into our culture are responsibly managed. That's the biggest issue. So um yeah. You know, I, I have a lot of friends that through the years have smoked pot. One thing I will tell you, which is interesting, is I you know I've been around a lot of people who have dr- drank a lot, and and alcohol really takes an adverse uh, effect on people's personality. Sometimes they get belligerent. I don't know if I'm allowed mm-hmm. to say this, but there's an expression they call it beer balls. <laughs> you, you get Dr. Gary, am I okay? I got the thumbs up on that one. <laughs> I got to be careful; I don't want the FCC. <laughs> spanking me anytime today um weird thing about pot i never saw anybody get belligerent over pot it kind of mellows you out from what i see i've never smoked a thing in my life not a cigarette not a joint not a pipe i just it was one of these guys i was very athletically driven and i couldn't reconcile sucking smoke into your body if you really think about it from a very basic fundamental uh position so um so i want to ask you this uh first what is what are your impressions? Because it's obviously something that's in the forefront of your discussion. So, what what what's your take on this? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, well, two things. Um, you know, as a you know, I'm, I'm 20 years old. I've sort of seen the legalization of marijuana. Um, you know, continue throughout throughout the country um, when it first started now life in the 18 states. Um, so, the first thing um, is sort of like I'm wondering if um, more states are going towards that direction. And if so, um, and that seems to be the trend, uh, obviously there's pressure for the federal government to legalize it. Do you, do you think that ever happens? Sort of where my mind's going. And if that does happen, then obviously all the money will go on the FDIC um, approved so it can go through the banking system. And what are the implications of that? Um, and then if it's, uh, you know, federally um, accepted uh, and regu- and there's like a standard of regulation rather than just state regulation, if state regulation, do you think it'd be safer? Um, do you think it'd be better? Do you think it'd be worse now? Because it's um, lies across the whole country, like you said, in a coping mechanism. And sort of where my mind goes is like, you know, do the, do the pros that way to cons? And I don't have necessarily um, a flat-out answer, yes or no. You know, I think it's something as this uh, as you see as it's developing, um, you know, like what you know, it's, it's an opinion I'm constantly asking myself, um, what what's my on it is, right? Uh, because obviously it's the, the coping mechanism, um, you know, it, it can really like stall your intelligence, um, you know, especially like under the age I think of twenty five, it like actually halts brain development um when you smoke it. It
0: helps um, or halts. Halts. Uh, it halts. H a l t s. Yeah. Yeah, I I could I can see that I I could witness I could attest to that.
1: Yeah. So the thing is, the legal age is twenty one, so it's like, well, it's four years, right? Um, you know, so like, if if they, you know, maybe they like change the age to twenty five, but obviously there's there's some issues with it, right? But I mean, the same thing can be said about alcohol, right, or sugar, you know, sugar causes diabetes. So so there is a lot of like you said coping mechanisms in, in, uh, in the US uh, in our society, so it's like, um, you know, it, it, is it just going to be another one of those? Is it just going to be like another but alcohol for people consider smoking a to just to another beer? Um, so that's sort of the, the route society looks like it's taking. So it's just, that's where my mind goes to, to all this when I'm listening to the discussion. But I want to hear your um, thoughts on like the, the federal regulation, if you think there's going to be pressure to federally legalize it, or if you think the federal government's going
0: to stand strong in this decision? Um, As it appears right now, they do not intend on uh, changing it from being a Schedule I controlled substance. I'm not going to say that isn't going to change, possibly, especially with the um, political entity that's running the country today. You know, we're living in an anything-kind-of-go society today without boundaries and consequences. Um. You know, the thing, the thing I want to say to you also about marijuana and any controlled substance, you know, there's usually crime attached to it. Uh, I, I can tell you that um, people who consume it who are a bit less motivated to go out and work have to figure out how they're going to get money to buy it. They might end up resorting to crime. Um, the way we traffic it today still is criminally related. The fact that it is illegally introduced into some of our learning institutions like high schools is a crime. It's a concern. You know, it it isn't being fully managed properly, but I will tell you, and this is a whole tangential discussion um, regarding just young children in high school, what they're exposed to today and the habits they're picking up. Um, You know, the thing I will tell you in reference to children and consumption of anything diet in the general sense, alcohol, pot, whatever it is, it, you know, it, it goes back to parenting. It starts in your home. How strong an impression, how much influence your parents have in your lives and the decisions that you make. Even you, you're only 20. Don't take this the wrong way. Take it in context. You're just a baby. You have a whole journey ahead of you. I remember being 20. I remember turning 30. I remember my life opening up when I turned 30. It just, like, took a hard right turn and just exploded in many good ways. You guys are young at 20. You know, I, I think there seems to be a lack of voice in this country in a lot of issues. This is another one, Elliot. You know, we need common sense, logic, reason, decency, civility. Most of all, we need to speak to these topics truthfully. The one thing I do want to say to you is... Um, I'm not quite sure uh, where, with places that marijuana is not legal, I'm prepared to start to ruin or or, uh, disrupt or destroy people's lives over it. I think there needs to be another conversation. Um, You know, it's it's not a simple soundbite topic to discuss, as you can tell. Nothing's a soundbite with me, which is... prompted me not to speak to the media anymore because they pick my brain for hours and then give me 10 seconds in response to a question they have. Um, You know what I want to do, if you don't mind? I'm going to take a break, and we're going to come right back. I want to thank Instacart, Buzzsprout. I want to encourage everyone to uh, go to BetweenTheLines.tv and become part of this conversation. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple. I'll be right back. Stand by. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show, and to learn more about them, go to our I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly, and as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good, and as I said, we use them. Instacart. Another interesting concept, you can go to your favorite grocery store, sign on to their application without leaving your home, the comfort of your home. Just pick out the items you'd like. They'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to. Another great concept, very user-friendly, and I'll be honest, we use it also. It's very effective, and they're very, very good. They're very uh, on point. Hello. Yes, hello. Yes, who, who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? Hi, Joe. This is Andrew Feldman. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Where are you right now, buddy?
2: I'm right outside of Las Vegas.
0: Las Vegas. Oh, very yeah. nice. Do you live yes, there, sir. Andrew? I do. What community? Because I have a little familiarity. Pahrump.
2: <laughs> right. It's not Nevada. It's Nevada.
0: It's a wise guy in every crowd, Andrew. I want you to know that. <laughs> and there's one on the show. No. So how's things in Nevada.
2: Nevada's great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tax free state. Yes. Are you born? And, uh, are you born and raised there, Mr. Feldman? No, I'm from Baltimore. Baltimore used to be a great city, dangerous city. Used now. Used to be. Yeah. yeah. I could
2: never. I like to visit, but I could never live there.
0: Sadly, you can't go home. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm. Experiencing the same thing with New York, place I was born and raised. Yeah. Its day has come and gone, and I can't go home. I do go back to work. But I used to live in the borough of Manhattan and I spent the majority of my life there. Yes. And um, it's an incredible place, but yes, we're I politically being steered in, in the wrong direction.
2: 100%. I agree with you. New York used to be one of the greatest cities in the world. I loved going there. I lived there for a couple of years. Um, and that's another place I live care there, buddy? not to return. Greenpoint. Who? Greenpoint, Brooklyn.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you go yeah. to school, uh, Andrew?
2: So I went to uh, high school in um, Saverna Park, Maryland. Familiar? Which is outside of Annapolis. Yep. And uh, I went to college. I'm embarrassed to say it, but it's true, so I'll tell you, I'm a graduate of Portland
0: State (laughs) University in Portland, Oregon. Not a bad school. What's wrong with it?
2: Um, It's, you know, I I graduated a long time ago, and the the woke culture was already there, Um, and now it's just... You know, beyond. I mean, it used to be a gorgeous city. I used to tell people you could eat off the streets, and now it's demolished.
0: I've been in Portland. I, I, I Not to bore you with, a, but a very quick story. I recovered a child from a cult-like environment in the Pacific Northwest, wow. without getting too specific. And after we handed this little boy off to his grandfather, and put him on a plane from Spokane, um, the gentleman I was with, we decided to traverse our way back to Southern California. A long way because we figured we'd be looking they'd be looking for us which i was <laughs> i was correct and we stopped in portland it was a great city beautiful city yeah yeah
2: it you used know, to be gorgeous
0: you know you know what's interesting is there's 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 just no there's no leadership in this country there's no one that seems to be able to captivate the audience and i do want to just remind you of something that you probably have not heard me say before but in 1970 we had a population of about 200 million we're up to 335 million there's a right. lot more people to captivate and with the right. growth of populations, growth of problems exponentially. So.
2: Yeah. And one of the things that's interesting about what you just said too, is that um, almost seems to me like it's the, it's not a lack of leadership, but that it's a, uh, it's something they're trying to do on purpose because it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that if you keep letting dangerous people out of prison, And out of jail, they're going to commit more crimes. Yet, that's exactly what they do.
0: You you know, I have to tell you something. Um, You know, I've given a lot of thought to to what you just said about intent, what the agenda is. Mm -hmm. It is difficult for me to understand or believe that that is their intent. What I really prefer to believe, to be really honest with you, is that we have people in this country that are so incompetent that they're dangerous. And, you know, I want to tell you this, Andrew. I've spent a a lifetime of helping people. There Mm -hmm. is no one in my world that could ever arbitrate that. And I happen to be very good at it for a number of reasons. One is I'm very creative. I work very well on my feet. I can stop and change, you know, on a dime direction. You know, I have a lot of pliability in my personality. The thing I also learned... You know, you can't do this on other people's backs, number one, and that's part of what's happening. The other thing is there seems to be an inability on really how to help people that need help. Like, you know, there's no question there's a disparity in the way that minorities live in this country and have since they've landed here. Yes. Uh, You know, oddly enough. And, you know, if you want to problem solve that with me, I can tell you how to get this back on track. going to cost a lot of money and bodies. It's worth it. Yeah, it, it is going to be worth it long time because long term, excuse me, because if we don't get this back on track, we're not going to have a country. You know, tragically, I heard something come out of Donald Trump's mouth uh, the other day and I, and I heard it accidentally, but it was very true. And I've said this to people. We are losing the country. Yes. we're losing the country. And that's I blame that on the leadership. That's all I have to say. You know, we're not doing enough right things every day. It's like we get up every day trying to figure out how we're going to screw this up, and then we make sure we go out and do it. Yeah. You know, See, I, I, I tell you something else. Let me just finish this thought, Andrew. Certainly. Uh, November 2nd, you witnessed a real interesting uh, pushback by conservative people. In New York, for example, uh, Nassau and Suffolk counties, which you may be familiar with having been in New York a while. Sure, sure. They were overwhelmingly... Uh, retrieved by the republicans county executives district attorneys legislators upstate the same thing new york city with less than 20 percent of the people engaging in the voting process who are registered to vote voted for eric adams and he's now going to be the mayor uh he's the mayor elect you know here's the question so we now have the midterms facing us a year from this past november right 2022 right Right. And I think it's almost impossible, and I'm not saying this from any political position of desire, it's almost impossible for the Democrats to regain or maintain control of the Congress, You know, the House of Representatives, and the Senate. It just isn't right. going to happen. But here's right. the problem now, Andrew. Ready? So God. the Republicans regain control of the House and the Senate. How does that change the dynamic in any of our major cities, all of which are pretty much finished? I listened They're- to a gentleman by the name of McBride. I think his name was Jamie McBride, an uh, LAPD detective who heads up their league, their, their protective league for police. O- on live TV yesterday said he is advising people not to come to L.A. because we can't protect you. I heard that. Okay. Now, um, every day in the news you're hearing about the, uh, these, these follow-home robberies and home invasions yes uh we have them going on in manhattan by the way it's just a little bit different topography so you're not following people home to brentwood the palisades where it's happened um beverly hills right in new york what they're doing they're sitting outside of high-end restaurants or stores boutiques and high-end vehicles so they kind of blend in and when you walk out they're knocking you off here's the other problem you ready andrew yeah. The cops aren't rolling up on you. They're not coming to you. Right. You know, I'm now listening to this discussion about we're going to refund the police. You can refund all the police you like. The police have checked out of this argument, just for the record. I don't record. blame them. No, you, you don't blame them. And you know what? Listen to me. I want to be 100% honest with you. We needed police reform. We needed to sit down and make an evaluation of how we approach the, the public when we do. And when we do, how we do it. So there's there's a discussion there. But what's happened here now is, you know, we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And I don't know how we're going to get our major cities back unless the residents of those cities decide to take their home in a different direction. Now, to talk to this topic, which is a really broad topic, a little bit further, you know, and I hate to say this to you because... You know, I have voted Democrat, by the way, just for the record, Andrew. So it's not like I'm some, you know, hardline, blockhead Republican. That's not the case. I have voted Democratic. But the Democratic Party have done nothing but exploit the minorities here. And they've been taken for the Mexican hayride. Fortunately, some of the prominent black leaders are starting to realize that. You know what's interesting, Andrew? Not even President Obama and his wife did anything to really help the minorities. In fact... No, they didn't. Exactly. If you look at Donald Trump, who's not my favorite guy on the planet, not for any other reason, as he needs to learn how to address people. Slaughtering people verbally never gets you anywhere. He did more to help the minority community... Yes, he did. ...than his predecessors. But this is all overshadowed by his rhetoric. So right um i didn't I didn't want to go off on this uh like the way i did i I want to ask you, do you specifically have a question that I can help you with?
2: um well, one of the things I was interested in your viewpoint on is um what's going on with the vaccines, and if you feel that they've been politicized and if so, if that's contributing to a lot of people being hesitant to take the vaccine and not trusting the message
0: that 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 is exactly. You just mentioned the synopsis of the problem. These rocket scientists that sit in Washington, D.C., and individuals in the media decided to politicize this virus instead of saying, let's put our differences aside for the sake of this country and its residents, right? Right. And then they decided to weaponize it so they could undermine and harm the credibility of the then-sitting president, (sighs) all at the expense of the American people. You know what? We're going to take a quick break. Andrew, we're going to come right back. Just bear with me, please. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, You know we have a, a, a real interesting conversation going on about the country right now with the gentleman, Andrew Feldman. Uh, we're going to take a break. I want to thank uh, Spotify, Apple for uh, airing this show, Instacart, Buzzsprout for supporting it as well. And uh, we'll be right back in a second. Just bear with me. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show, and to learn more about them, go to our I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly, and as you know, we incorporate it ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you, entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good, and as I said, we use them. Instacart, another interesting concept. You can go to your favorite grocery store, sign on to their application without leaving your home, comfort of your home. Just pick out the items you'd like. They'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to. Another great concept, very user-friendly, and I'll be honest, we use it also. It's very effective, and they're very, very good. They're very uh, on point. We're back, guys. With me, I have a gentleman, Andrew Feldman. He's in Nevada, and he's pretty plugged in. He's lived in New York, so he's very familiar with the animal, and we're having a rather... Uh, interesting discussion, which has now been narrowed down to the vaccine and its politi- how we politicized it, for lack of better terminology. No question, Andrew, that's what we decided to do, and it came at a price, as I mentioned, prior to this break, and that's at the peace of mind and trust of the American public. I want to remind everyone in the country of something interesting. George Washington had smallpox and typhoid. Through the course of history, we had mumps, Measles, rubella. Oh, that's right, 1954, or 55, we had the polio vaccine. The American public believed and trusted in the government. And when the government made a recommendation, the, the, the people believed that that recommendation was predicated on their concerns for them. They no longer believe that. The whole thing about truth in this country, Andrew, has been distorted, right? We don't know what the truth is anymore because if you put on Fox... Regarding a topic, you get one rendition of an occurrence, put on NBC and CNN, you get a different rendition of the occurrence. So now you see they're going like these are supposed to all these are supposed to be credible media outlets, right? News reporting agencies. But right. how is the truth so different and how does that impact us? We don't know what to believe. Yeah. And that's what's fed this argument with the vaccine. My my feeling on it is very simple. Go get vaccinated. Get over the politics attached to this because it could cost you your life. That's the truth of the thing. And I ask people to go back and remember when we would just, I would say, almost blindly follow recommendations put forth by the government, which is how it's supposed to be. We're electing these people to guide us and teach us and tell us what's best for us at times without controlling us. Now we're getting involved with this thing about mandate, and this is a country that's predicated on freedom. This is not, we're just, we're just tearing this country apart as much as we can every day. And we are in trouble here. We're losing this country because we're not galvanizing the people. We're polarizing them. And and I don't know what else to say or how else to say it in more simplistic terms. Um,
2: Yeah, I think they're doing it on purpose.
0: You know what? I, I, I don't, I hope that isn't the case because what this is going to translate to at some point, believe this or not, is states are going to secede from this union. Not mm-hmm. in the same way they did during the Civil War. But they're going to go like, guess what? We are economically autonomous. We don't need the federal government. Their taxation policies, their support, we'll handle our own schools, our own medicine. They're just you know, fat with money, like Texas, for example, and Florida's another one. Yes. I believe Florida is the best-run state in this country right now.
2: I do, too. I'd like to see DeSantis run for president.
0: I don't. I want him to stay here. (laughs) But, you know, I hate to break it to you. He's earmarked for the presidency. You know how I know? Because they're up there taking shots at him every day because they hear his footsteps.
2: Yeah, he's coming.
0: He's he's 43 years old. Yale. Harvard Law. He was a lieutenant commander in the United States military. You know, he's a war veteran. And this guy's got a head on his shoulders that most of these politicians should envy. He's just a very how would you say, uh, well thought out and strategically positioned individual when it comes to to problem solving. And tragically, we're going to lose him here. That's the reality of this.
2: Yeah, he's Um, very strong too. He knows how to stand up to the pressure.
0: Yeah, listen, this guy, look, he, 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 nobody's going to shake this guy. His his knees aren't going to buckle. ain't going to happen. No. He's not a very typical, stereotypical politician. You know, he's kind of just who he is. He's pretty relaxed. Just take a look at him. He's very comfortable in his own skin. Right. He's not very staged, not very orchestrated, but he knows what he's doing. And you know what else I think is going on with this young man? I think he surrounded himself with some very, very competent people. Now, I do want to be fair and say that, you know, um, Governor DeSantis is a a good political leader. There are other good political leaders on the other side of the aisle, you know, in the Democratic Party. And I remind everyone, you need at least two parties in this country so we have some form of checks and balances because we don't want one party to take hold of the government, which is what we're witnessing right now, and run the country into the ground because that is what's happening. Independent of what everybody would like you to think – the optic, the reality, the narrative, the picture being worth a thousand words is right there in front of you. Yeah, and you know you you're, you set, you touched touched on something about it being done intentionally, Andrew. That is a possibility. Although I believe I would it hope firmly, that, I hope I would hope that isn't the intent. I hope this isn't something that leads to Americans fighting Americans again. But we're on that well, path because we're so divided. Excuse me, let me just say something, Andrew. that's very important. It's okay that you and I don't agree. You understand that, right? Sure. It's not okay that we slaughter each other over our difference in opinions. And that's not being taught to the American public. Not as children and not through the big people.
2: It used to be that way.
0: You know what? I want to say this to you. Politically. I want to say this to you. Objectively speaking. And I told you I voted for, for Democrats. I voted for a Democratic president. The Democratic Party is unrecognizable right now. They don't have to worry about the Republicans. They have to worry about within their own. We have conservative Democrats like Joe Manchin, for example. And I heard all the negatives about Joe Manchin. I got the memo on him. Or Tip O'Neill's, who no longer exists. You have to sit down and iron out your differences.
2: Right. Most Americans are moderate.
0: You know, I'm hoping, you know, let me me say something else that's interesting about what's going on politically today. It's nothing to do with being a Republican because I'm not a Republican. Um I'm watching you sound a younger- like one. What's that, buddy? You kind of sound like one. You, you know, I may sound that way because, to be candid with you, I'm very conservative in my views. And issues that revolve around your safety are non-negotiable. Other issues, like gay rights, leave people alone, stay out of their personal lives. Agreed. The pro-choice issue is very slippery, and we need to have a very civil conversation that puts women at ease and makes them understand we're going to support them unconditionally. The borders, we're not closing the borders. We need to intelligently regulate them so this isn't a free-for-all, which is what we're witnessing now. It's not that I'm a Republican or I sound like one. I'm just talking to you truth-based. You know, I understand they'd like to have – the Democratic Party's come out and said they'd like to have open borders. It's distressing to think that people that are in leadership positions don't understand you can't have anything open. Everything's got to have some level of control or what I call a method to your madness. I'm not telling you turn people away. In fact, I oftentimes say on this show, if, if a woman shows up at the border with two or three young children in tow, you know, we let them in. That's who we are. Now, the rest of this coming across the Rio Grande and floats and boats and, you know, parasols, whatever the hell it is, this is not how we how the the migration process is supposed to take place. And I don't care who it is, whether Republicans endorse it or the Democrats, what's wrong is wrong, independent of politics. So don't be misled by my views, especially when it comes to issues regarding your safety. I've been protecting people for over 48 years. And believe me, I know how to do it on every level.
2: Yeah. And you don't have, I have a to surrender enforcement ins- background as well. What, buddy? I have a law enforcement
0: background as well. Well, then you, under- you understand what I'm talking about. Yes. We- we're out there protecting people, and we know how to do it intelligently. Right. But the bottom line is that I am not a hard-right Republican. No day, no way, no hell. I see merit in some of the rhetoric coming out of the mouths of the Democrats. The problem is how you implement it, how you make it work in this country. I say to people... We take care of each other. We are our brother's keeper on many, in many ways, uh, Andrew. But on whose back are you doing that? That's where, the, that's where the discussion has to take place. That never takes place. Give it Great. away, give it away, give it away. Okay, but how can you do that? How can you reassimilate the minority communities into the mainstream of this country? I want to say something to you about this BLM. Yeah. You know what the public doesn't understand about BLM? You ready? And I came yeah. out of a ghetto in Brooklyn, Bedford-Stuyvesant. I was the only white kid on the block. Andrew, you with me? I yeah. went to school with black children. I went to high school in a completely black neighborhood. It was a Catholic high school, St. Pascal Baylon, heavily integrated. This is what's wrong with what's going on. When they hear BLM, Barry's response is, all lives matter. We got, th- we got that. All lives do matter. But right. this is the problem. You ready? Yes. Blacks do not believe their lives matter. Right. And you know what? They're right. Let's stop the uh, yes. Let's stop plain English. You I can agree bleep with that you. one out. It's I agree just with not you. true. Because I see the disparity in which they live in this country. I see the lack of ed- educational opportunity in a very broad stroke. I see the danger in their streets, the substandard housing. Did you ever work in a minority community, Andrew, by the way?
2: I I've lived in them in okay. Baltimore. Well,
0: then you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing is deplorable. Oh, yeah. Roaches and rodents with children? What are you, kidding me? Yeah. You know, their, their yeah. medicine is substandard. Their diet is substandard. Who's yes. kidding who here? Now, the yeah. question is, now that we've identified the problem, which I have done repeatedly, how do we fix this problem without destroying the country economically? And it can be done. Let us say this first and foremost. You have children, Andrew? Yes, sir. I, I pay taxes to take care of your kids. God forbid something happened to you. Are we good? Yes. Let's start with our kids. Take them out of this conversation. They're to be taken care for. Education, health, medicine, diet, I don't care what it is. That's why I pay taxes. It sticks in our craw when you get to bigger people and you look at me, go like, you know, you really could work. But that's a yes. system that we created, by the way. It was called welfare yes. in 1965. Yes. I don't know if you're old enough for it. But the long well, and the short of it is it. let's stop kidding each other and start to fix this problem. You know what would be nice? Because we hear that word socialism, and we're afraid of that word, and we should be. We shouldn't have to impose taxes on major corporations to contribute to fixing this problem in the inner cities. That's going to cost an enormous amount of money and bodies. You know and I know, you were a cop. Uniform policing prevents and deters. Saturate these communities with uniforms, and you'll get guns off the street. And I want to remind someone else of something else. You get guns off the street through education. They've got to start to address this problem. BLM is black people don't believe their lives matter. Is it hard for anybody to really understand how they could feel that way. And if you are, I don't know what to say to you, but maybe I should have taken you on my journey. Because I learned a lot in this this past few decades that I'm here. I'm only going to say a few. There's a lot more than a few. (laughs) But you understand where I'm going with this thing.
2: Oh, so. absolutely. I mean, I understand the the, the, the term Black Lives Matter. I 100 percent agree with the organization Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. Little, I that's different, di- that.
0: different. You know, you're right about that. We've got people coattailing, Andrew. Right. We've right. got a very important <laughs> statement that's made. And of course, the wrong demographic coattailing that statement. You know, we need to keep the whole BLM concern with the minority community in focus and eliminate the toxicity that's attached to it or coattailing it. So right. where were you, where are you in law enforcement? I was a correctional officer. And, in, and, in, and in Nevada.
2: In, no, in Arizona.
0: Oh, you kidding. Yeah. You learn quite a bit in those facilities, don't you?
2: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. One of the biggest thing I've learned is that, um, you know, they're talking about prison reform and this comes from the inmates themselves is it's time that actually changes them because, um, they get older. Like if you look at an inmate who's been in prison for 20 something years and he's 45 years old and he's about to get out, he's like, I get it. I'm not coming back. But you let a a guy out that's like 30 and he's been involved in all the culture of the prison and he's institutionalized. He's coming back.
0: It's called recidivism. Yeah. 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 Listen, I, I, I hear you. And you know what? Um, former police commissioner Carrick has spoken on this topic extensively because he had a little stint himself. We won't get into the politics attached to wrongfully incarcerating him for years is deplorable, but he learned a lot. And we do need to touch on this issue as well. I don't know if you listened to the prior show or what I said earlier today. We have another issue with sex trafficking in this country that is just abhorrent. It's
2: coming over the border.
0: It's among other places, but it's also reared its head on, on the lands that the indigenous people occupy.
2: Big okay? time, because I was right next to a reservation where I lived in Arizona and it, it's massive. These kids are just vanishing wow. and nobody's doing anything about it.
0: Yeah. But you know, because we're too busy rhetorically cutting each other's throats so we can gain power. Um, I want to ask you, do you, you have a, a final question? Cause uh, this, this very rude producer I have is chasing me here. <laughs> I want.
2: <laughs> no, I really appreciate you talking on this subject matter. I think that you have a lot of insight in it. Um, I think people should listen to you about this and, uh, Um, You know, thank you for your time and thank you for talking with me.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. I encourage you to call back in. You know, interestingly enough, I just wanted to say one thing. There's something worth looking into. This is an organization called Phantom Rescue. It was started by two individuals that I believe had military backgrounds. Its current uh, director and president, I believe it is, is Frank Smith. Um, You need to look into this organization. It gives you a tremendous amount. Google it. It gives you a lot of insight as to the scope and scale of this problem it is domestic. It's really interesting domestically because what we're learning is that it's happening right in front, of, on, under our very noses. And a lot of times right. this whole sex trafficking is being, being facilitated by parents and predators on the Internet. And it's just incredible what's going on here. What's even more incredible yeah. is we're not doing anything about it on the scale or scope that we should be. So um, the last guest we had, by the way, was um, from uh, Phantom... Rescue Frank Smith. So, uh, Andrew, I want to thank you for joining us today, and please come back, come back into the show. And uh, I certainly thanks will thanks, buddy. Have thank a good holiday, well. Have man. Have a great day, All right, buddy. Be well. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show. And to learn more about them, go to our Between the Lines TV. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout: very user friendly. And as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good. And as I said, we use them. Instacart, another interesting concept. You can go to your favorite grocery store, sign on to their application without leaving your home, the comfort of your home. Just pick out the items you'd like. They'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to. Another great concept, very user-friendly, and I'll be honest, we use it also. It's very effective, and they're very, very good. They're very uh, on point. Here we go. We're back, and we have an email from Hank. He is in St. Louis. He says, Lou, the Cuomo brothers both have sexual misconduct allegations against them and have been ter- terminated from their positions. Can they ever recover from this, are they both completely ruined? answer to that question is um, they're finished. This is their fate of complete. They're they're now considered or perceived to be toxic, and no one's going to touch them for fear of uh, association. They say they judge you by the company you keep. Unfortunately, and I would tell you this, I know Chris Cuomo more than 20 years. I knew Chris Cuomo at a a different time. Um, I like him. I'm going to tell you this candidly. His success in the media, starting with ABC, went to his head and he needed to pull his horns in a long time ago and the expression is stay in your lane stay in your lane and he didn't do that and you know just unfortunate a very um talented intelligent young man don't know his brother his brother had a very interesting governing style one that does not appeal to me but his brother again is a fairly intelligent guy i guess they didn't get the memo with women you know or people in general. I mean, uh, Shelley Ross, who was a producer from ABC, I happen to know. ABC's been a client of mine for a very long time. Uh, he grabbed her booty. I think it was at a Christmas party with a husband present. I just don't understand what men in this country don't understand. The jig is up. Stay in your lane. Know your place with women. Be respectful. Be protective the way we're supposed to be. Don't oppress them. Don't subjugate them. Don't sub subject them to your your antics or your um, objectification type mode of operating. I just it just is what it is guys. you know, we're in a whole new day and age, and it's actually better because it's always troubled me how poorly women have been treated. so um, there was a little bit of arrogance in this administration of the governor when he renames the Tappan Zee bridge in name of his father, you know, I don't know how he felt about his father it doesn't matter, but it would have been nice if someone else had done that i think the arrogance that was perceived by the governor himself was very self-destructive and he didn't need 11 women popping up and making allegations and let's let's just make sure that everyone knows everyone's entitled to due process but i will tell you this it's hard to mitigate claims of 11 william i mean women let's say let's say 9 of them were lying you still have 2 women of legitimacy one of legitimacy, you don't deserve to be in office. That's not who we're supposed to be as human beings. And as men, I don't know what the deal is with men. I, I, I'm i not going to go into my, my own personal relationships, but I treat everybody in my world well, especially the women. And, you know, in my home, for example, my wife runs my house. I run the outside world here, and I run block every day. When I walk in, as long as my wife is happy, she's okay, she's at peace of mind, then that's then I've accomplished my mission. I let her control everything. You know, I defer to her on a consistent basis. You know, because her her opinion matters and, and men have to start to understand how women feel in general matters. Not BLM. WLM. Women's lives matter and you've got to start to plug into the fact that, you know, we need to start operating with them a bit different than, than we have. I hope that answered that question. It wasn't um, very, very difficult to answer. I would say they, they met their fate of complete and that they're, they're unemployable moving forward. And for anyone that didn't understand, former Governor Cuomo had aspirations to be the president of the United States. And there was rumblings that he was going to come in as um, Biden's heir apparent. So we're going to go on to the next email. OK, we have Jessica from Minnesota, and she has an interesting email. Oh, Devin Nunes, the California congressman and close ally of Donald Trump will be retiring from the House of Reps next year to join Trump's new media social venture. Nunez has been a long critic of the major social media companies. The congressman has repeatedly claimed Without evidence that platforms have been trying to censor Republicans and even sued Twitter in the past. Do you think there's any truth to that into a major CDMO? Do do you think there's any truth to that? And do major social media platforms have to be bipartisan? Why can't they have an agenda? Hmm Uh I think the motivation to to sign on with Donald Trump. is is pretty evident. I think that uh, the congressman realizes um, he's considering a pathway back to the White House and, and he hopes to get on that coattail. In reference to these media outlets, in light of the fact that they have such a large sphere of influence, I think it would behoove them to behave more in a bipartisan capacity. It doesn't appear that that's what they do. And I think that's even... Supported, and I'd like to be corrected if I'm wrong by their by their uh, contributions to candidates. Um, I want to say something about the media, and it's interesting because I mentioned this recently. The media is out of control. You know, there's no other way to say it. They're hiding behind the First Amendment. I got that. Um, the unfortunate part with the media today is it really isn't about factual news reporting; it's about their opinions. And I want to reassure you of this. They have they are no more positioned to render opinions on topics as I am to fly to the moon. You know, some of them are highly intelligent and literate individuals that can speak intelligently to issues. That's what you have to do without any type of political agenda. I said this before and I say it again. Our media outlets have chosen to become extensions of our political parties. We are suffering for that. I think they took their eye off the ball, and I think they need to be reeled back in you know, they always always make reference to what the founding fathers thought or what they could have envisioned moving forward. This is what listening to in the media is everybody's opinions. And I hate to say it to you, I'm not interested in your opinions. I'm interested in facts. And I'm interested in you allowing me to decide for myself what is the truth. I tell people repeatedly, stop being spoon-fed by the media outlets. Tragically, we have a demographic in this country that if they hear something in the media, they accept it as if it's dogma or law. This simply isn't the case. Um, I encourage you to become an investigator, not to the extent that I have become or other individuals in law enforcement, but there's a lot of availability to information here. You just have to go out and want to learn. You have to go to these, uh, these search engines sometimes or read books, something we seem to have abandoned as well, to learn about these topics. A lot of them are common sense. I mean, you know, I don't want to go off on this political banshee about Afghanistan, but anyone that didn't see what happened in Afghanistan, I just don't know what to say to you. If you thought there was merit in the manner in which we withdrew from Afghanistan, I don't know if there's anything we can talk about. You know, that was just so ill-conceived. And even a knucklehead like myself from Brooklyn could, could orchestrate pulling out, you know, and of course, every time something failed, they revert back to Donald Trump and what he may have done wrong. I don't see the fruition in that. But, um, you know, I think that uh, we need to, I hate to say this, consider some additional regulation with these media outlets, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever, because of that sphere of influence. I think they need to divorce themselves from any of their own personal opinions, and political views, although it's different, difficult to separate, and try to just be as factual and, I would say, focused and concerned about the culture in general, starting with our children and the residents of this country, the citizens of this country, and its visitors, because all of these uh, shortcomings are starting to, to dramatically impact the quality of our lives, the stress level in this country, our, our belief in our system. It's, it's having an adverse effect, so... In any case, um, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. I hope you found this entertaining, insightful, and, and educational. That's an important part of this thing. We're on the learning curve every day. That That's what makes getting up in the morning worthwhile, all these things that you learn. So thank you for joining us. I do want to thank again Instacart and Buzzsprout for supporting the show. I remind you, you can find us on Spotify and Apple. And if you go to BetweenTheLines.tv, you can become part of this conversation which I encourage you to do. This is Lou Palumbo, this has been Between the Lines.